My guest today is a Community Development Officer at Independent Financial, a community-centric financial institution. Please welcome Erica Plunkett. Erica, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. How about you? How are things going over there? Hey, things are going well over here. Things are good. I can't complain. Thanks for asking. Yes. (laughs) So, hey, thank you for coming on to this podcast. I appreciate it, Erica. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. I have looked at your past guests and I'm like, what a privilege to be in in the presence (laughs) and company of such great past guests you've had on your podcast. So I find this to be a privilege more than anything. So thank you again for having me. Uh, Thank you. Thanks. All right. So, hey, let's jump right into this. Absolutely. What do you do? I am a community development officer for the Houston and Austin market for independent financial. We are a bank that is based out of the McKinney area. We are headquartered out of the McKinney area, but we are spread throughout the entire state of Texas and throughout the state of Colorado as well. Okay. Oh, wow. And then you have both the Houston and the Austin That's uh, right. area. Okay. So what are your main roles and responsibilities being a community development officer? Well, my main role is here is enhancing business relationships by partnering with our internal marketing executives and different business groups throughout the bank to leverage opportunities and CRA lending, investment and service strategies on behalf of the bank. Also create CRA plans, CRA's Community and Reinvestment Act uh, plans for assigned territories and develop corrective action plans to address those deficiencies in the Houston and Austin area. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, how have you always been interested in just working with the community and helping the community? You know what? As a child, I thought I was going to be an attorney. I really did. And I felt, I, I always say banking found me. I didn't find banking. I've always wanted to help my community. I always wanted to do something with people. I just didn't know what lane outside of law that would be impactful and I fell in banking and I actually fell in this role through my internship that I needed through my undergrad. And I was given the opportunity, I approached my boss. At the time I was doing commercial banking at the time, I was an executive assistant. And I told her, hey, I was like, hey, I need, I need some hours for my internship for U of H downtown. And I'm like, I need some hours and I just need to know how I can go about doing it. Cause she was over also community reinvestment and development on behalf of the bank. She said, what you need? And I told her, she said, I tell you what, you finished out your semester, just kind of mirroring me. And literally that's how I fell into it. So I went from commercial banking to community development role, literally through a conversation. And I just navigated myself in the position since then. Nice. Very nice. And now you talk about these business relationships that you work with and enhance and have to do. So how are you building these relationships? Really going out and building trust, going out and courting these organizations, building rapport, building trust is really a main factor. I don't do sales. So I'm not not a business development officer. I'm a community development officer. So the bank doesn't make money off of what I do, right? We give money out. And so my thing is to come up with a strategic plan on how we can form a partnership and work together on behalf of the people that they service. So my target organizations that I'm looking at are organizations that are literally servicing underprivileged, underserved, 
a low to moderate income families and individuals. So those opportunities are very, they're very easy when it's coming to the conversation because they know that I work for a bank, right? So they know that there is some type of capital access that I have access to. However, um, sometimes it's harder You know, it's easier said than done because trust, you know, they don't trust. Um, I am a bank and sometimes they are very skeptical because of past relationships. So it's like courting. It's literally like dating. Just saying that I'm going to be a person of my word. I literally am coming in there to service organizations as I promise. I give them what I can do and that's literally invest in service. So I make sure that our bank is coming in to share our tools and resources, whether that's through financial literacy, whether that is through affordable housing programs, whether that is through a small workshop on business development, small business development, or even through its grant, you know, and our grants are impactful. I feel that they're very impactful. So just literally being who I am as a person, being my authentic self, and really being a person of my word really helps me establish those relationships Sometimes it's through networking and sometimes it's literally through journaling and conversations and news. So it's different ways that I go out and I try to start up relationships. But generally, my goal is to make sure that the trust is there because if nobody ever remembers that I work for Independent Bank, they'll remember Erica Plunkett, the person. And so I believe in being very authentic and being myself and being transparent on what I can and cannot do. I think honesty is key in any form of occupation that a person decides to go. Nice. So it's so vital what you do for the community, the development and maintenance that you do in the community. Just you're inspiring, you're supporting, you're guiding members of the community with this. And I really like what you said. It makes sense, that trust factor, just because when you talk about finances, is that something that's personal? And I could see that people really do have to trust you. And that makes sense, the transparency, the honesty and and trust that you talk about in the work that you do. Now, with these strategic plans that you do for community and the things that you come up with, can you talk about what goes into that, the steps that go into that? Well, when I look into strategic planning, you have to come up with a performance evaluation. Every bank has one of your FDIC governed, of your OCC governed, or even if you're governed by the feds, all banks have a strategic plan. And in that, you go in and you find actual data that is privileged to everyone. All the information that I get is coming from your FDIC websites, it's coming from the EIC website is coming from your school digger. So this information is very much public. I don't have a secret secret tunnel of information, but what I do gather from that from those reports are the data. It's, it's, it's up-to-date data that gives us the wherewithal of where we stand as a community when it comes to having affordable housing in Houston. Do people in Houston have access to affordable housing? How close are people in low to moderate incomes are close to banks, a food, like a, you know, a market? How close are they to transportation? So I look at that. I look at the city of Houston consolidated plan. They have a five-year plan that's put out. And so I look at that plan to see where we are. I go through Rice University. They have a strategic plan, urban policy plan over there. And I look at that information. I come to figure out, I take all that information in. I gather all the, all the resources that I need in order for me to go back to the bank and say, hey, 
this is where our hiccups are here in Houston and how can we as a bank fill in that gap, right? Because we want to fill in that deficiency. We want to come up with plans and we want to come up with products that are accessible to families that are in low to moderate income families because literally that's our job. Everybody says that Houston is so diverse and it very much is so, but it's not inclusive as people say it to be because through the journaling and through all the information, through the data, I could tell you the life expectancy for somebody in maybe fifth ward or maybe acre homes is solely truly different from somebody who's living in West University River Oaks Memorial. And I tell you no lie, I only tell you what I know to be true. So when you tell me, or when people always say that Houston is so diverse and inclusive, it's diverse. I will give it that, but it's not inclusive. And you have to know this and you have to know that it is written in work. It is not something that I am making up. And so with that information, I present it back to our bank and I say, hey, this is the gap. Again, this is what we need to do. If we're really going to be a community bank, we have to do community service. And it starts with looking at the data. And from there, we kind of create programs. And that's how we build relationships with the affordable housing builders and partners, right? We have, we'll build relationships with the food bank. We'll build a, a relationship with the ministry group. We'll build relationships with low to moderate schools to say, hey, we want to come in and we want to come in and do some presentations. Or we want to come in and see how we can build a banking relationship. Or we want to come in and tell you that you can apply for a grant because we want to solely support you on behalf of the bank. And literally, that's what I do. Nice. Okay. So you're finding the data, you're gathering the information and identifying basically any flaws, looking for improvement, and then basically executing your plan. That's right. I love it. All right. Now, are you also doing any of the budgeting yourself? No, I don't do budgeting myself. The budget is created by upper management and they give me the budget for the year. I just started here recently about four months ago at this bank, gotcha. but I've been doing it for years. And typically that is ran through, uh, it's, it's always board written as far as like the budget for the years, depending on the market. I will tell you the bigger the deposit that the bank has in a particular city or market, the bigger the budget. And so for instance, with me, I have two markets. I have a bigger market. I mean, I have a bigger budget for the city of Houston Compared to Austin, Houston is a bigger city. And so we look at that whenever we do look at budgets. So my goal next year is to increase our budget for the year because with COVID and, you know, we had the storm in February and just the overall need of more access to capital. My goal ultimately for 2022 is to increase our capital for the budget of, of the following year. Got it. Okay. Now, can you talk about what a typical day looks like for you? A typical day for me looks like reading emails on a Zoom call, on a WebEx, trying to go ahead and read as many <laughs> emails as I possibly can. Not only that, connecting with people who are in my field of work. I am on a call with other women who are in the same field and same line of work for different banks throughout the market. But generally, my thing is to source. I'm a source of opportunities. I'm always on a different call because, as I explained earlier, I reached out to my internal partners inside the bank. So I'm always asking. I'm always on a call. I get on a monthly call with our retail team here in the markets. And I'm always asking, hey, is there a nonprofit? Is there an organization that you know 
that I'm not fully aware of. And you can share that information with me. When I am on those calls, I generally get maybe two to three suggestions. And so my day-to-day -day is really following up on those emails and making sure that I am able to capture a meeting in front of an organization, whether it's in person or Zoom, I do that. I also make sure that I'm available to our external partners. And when I mean that, if they need anything, I have done impromptu financial literacy presentations the same day. We're so short of a notice sometimes. Sometimes our partners have reached out to us and asked that we come in and do a presentation, get in front of a couple of people. We'll talk about credit, for instance. I have one tomorrow night. We'll talk about affordable housing. I'm on those calls. So my thing is really being the face of the bank. So my day-to-day varies. I don't have really, you know, an office, you know, you come in front of the, uh, you know, you're in front of your laptop all day. My days vary. One day I might be in a call with the meeting, you know, with our FDIC rep. Uh, the next day, you know, it may be literally, you know, a Musa moment for me, but my day-to-day -day is really sourcing opportunities, really trying to get up new relationships on behalf of the bank, making phone calls. I, I say I'm not in sales, but I do sell because I sell myself really pretty much. Mm, okay. All right. Now with all that, you talk about all the emails that you have to deal with and read, the meetings, the relationship building and maintaining the presentations, selling yourself. So what skills and characteristics would you say are most important to be successful in what you do? I think you need to have analytical abilities. I think you need to be very, very thoughtful. I think you need to be very much, uh, you need to be strong, strong-willed. Um, this is a job. Like I said, we don't, I don't sell anything. I'm not a loan officer, but I do sell myself. So disappointment comes sometimes. I find myself um, being more of a risk taker more than anything else. Um, I think you have to be an excellent person when it comes to oral written communication skills. You are conveying a message. You, you, you're constantly in front of somebody explaining what you're trying to do or what needs to be done. So I think that has to be in place. I think you need to be a leader, a self-made leader. Um, as someone who boss, my boss is in Waco, so I don't have anyone micromanaging me. So I am it. I talk to her once a week. So I believe that I am, I am my everything. I am my team. I am my manager on some days. I make decisions on behalf of the bank. And I believe that you have to have strong judgment skills, right? Because when you make these decisions, some, some of these decisions are final. And so with that said, I believe that you have to be a strategic thinker. I think thinking and not thinking on emotions, but thinking in logic, you know, thinking with logic, a logical thinker is strong in this job. Someone who can read the room, I believe that is very important. And most of all, I think you just need to be a people person. If you're not a people person, you're not pretty much out there um, trying to get to know people, get to know the area, get to know Houston. If you're, if you're not that type of personality, when you want to, you know, you have to smile a lot. If that's not you, then this job is not for you because you are the personality for the bank. People will always remember your first impression. If they never remember your name, they're going to always remember how you treated them. So I believe somebody who has ethics, morals, integrity, I think those are the values that you have to have because your word is your word. You know, you say what you're going to do, you know, and if you're not able to do it, you're not able to do it. But please have a solid reason why. So I believe being honest is also another attribute you need to be in this role. 
Nice. Thanks. That all makes sense, especially, as you said, being the face of the organization to the community. So, yeah, it, it all makes sense. And I, that's a lot of independence, too. I like that. Yeah. All right. Now, you briefly mentioned earlier about undergrad and your internship there and then how that kind of shaped where you went after that. But can you talk about the steps you took to get to where you are? Mm. How can I say this? Um, <laughs> I took the very long road. I took a very long road. I'm one of those people who was very hard-headed as a child. <laughs> and I say that is when I say that, like, if you said that it hurt, like, I honestly probably, I was one of those that kind of want to see how much did it hurt. So I literally took the long way. Like I told you earlier, I really literally fell in this role by chance, but I fell into banking even so so much more like that. I fell into banking through a friend. She was working at a credit union. She needed someone to come in and do, you know, open an account. As a teller, she had like a daily goal of how many accounts she had to open for the week. And so she said, hey, I need for you to come in. I need for you to come in and I need for you to go ahead and um, open an account and act like you don't know me. So legit, that's what I did. I went into the bank. I act like I didn't know her. Her branch manager ended up coming to me and we just ended up literally talking and she complimented me on like the smallest thing. It was my smile in my shoes. She she liked those things about me. And so she had asked me, was I working? And at that time I was, I was working this little job, you know, nothing major. But she had said, I think you'll be great here at this bank. It was a credit union to be at that. She said, I think you'll be great here. Your smile, your personality. Oh my God, you're dressed to the T. Like I legit would like for you to come work for the bank. I don't have any openings, but our HR department is across the street. So I was like, okay, you know, by this time I opened the account, you know, our little conversation faded away, open the account, I'm leaving. She caught me. She said, hey. Let me walk you over to our HR department. I'm so serious about you applying here. And do you know, I applied, I filled out the application and I got a job two weeks later in the mortgage department. Didn't even know what a mortgage was. I didn't grow up with financial literacy was a topic. My mother didn't discuss bills in the house. You know, they were just taken care of. And then that was it. So I walked over there and I got the job and I worked in mortgage and they kind of shifted me around through mortgage. They had me as an appraiser assistant. Then I became an underwriter, a processor. Like, I mean, every little, every, every position you could think of in the mortgage department, literally I did. And then I ended up having my daughter and then I ended up moving to Texas and then I stayed home. I stayed home after I had her and then I had another daughter and I didn't really necessarily want to go back into mortgage. So I contacted this temp agency. I said, look, this is my background, but I want to do something totally opposite, but I want to stay in banking because I knew the language. She said, okay. She got me in a commercial banking at the Bank of River Oaks here in Houston. And legit, that's how I got into commercial banking. And from commercial banking, I went on and I talked to my supervisor at the time. I enrolled in University of Houston downtown and I let her know this is what I needed to do in order for me to graduate. She said, well, don't worry about it. You'll mirror me. They ended up letting her go and they ended up selling the bank. 
but I never will forget my experience, the knowledge that I learned under that woman. She was very, very thoughtful. She was very methodical when she taught me everything because she gave me why I needed to know what I needed to know. She gave me who the people I needed to know because they were important in what I needed to do. Like she legit taught me everything that I needed to know to be successful in the role. And from that point on, I just kind of learned my way up. I was self-taught. A lot of things that I did learn, I learned on my own. And a lot of things I learned were from other people who didn't mind sharing their knowledge with me. So I believe that networking is very important in this role. And I think just being honest on what you don't know, because what you don't know, God will put in front of you. And literally, that's what he has done. And now I am here at Independent Bank. And I love what I do. I wouldn't see me doing anything else. I always tell people there are other roles in banks besides branch managers and tellers that people don't never look into. And I think that's just because they don't know that these roles exist. But there is a world of banking that people don't know. And I think community development is one of those secrets. We do great things on behalf of the bank. And I just thank God for this journey. I do. Great. Well, I think you're 100% right. Hopefully this helps people to be more aware of jobs like this, because I, I do think that it's a, a great position, a great job, a great career that more people need to know about. And it seems like you've succeeded wherever you are. And, and I've also had good people around you where you've worked that have helped you out. Yeah. That's that, great. That I have. And you mentioned that you love what you do. Can you talk about what you love about what you do? I love meeting new people. I love meeting needs. As somebody who is from Los Angeles, I'm from the part of Los Angeles that the tourists don't go, right? So as a child, I've been privileged. We were not rich by no means. We were not rich, but we did not never go without. And so, but I grew up, you know, with a single mother, a single mother from Honduras who literally, I saw a struggle, Right. Um, now, as I get now as a woman, I look back, my mother did do without a lot in order for us to be in private schools. We went to private schools our entire lives. We lived in nice areas, but she struggled. And so my mother pride did not allow her to ask for any help. And I don't even think my mother knew to where to go get the help. And because I never forget my childhood, the joy that I can give to with an organization, first of all, who don't even know my name, half of the time these organizations that I'm, I'm reaching out to, Rodolfo, never even heard of me. They never even heard of the bank that I've ever worked for. And when I call them and I tell them, hey, I want to make sure that your programs are sustained. Is there anything that I can do on behalf of the bank? Is there anything I can do, period? If I could come in there and volunteer, because before I was working in this field, I was an avid volunteer person. So I volunteer with numerous organizations in the past. So I will be doing this for free. And, and, and I, I tell you no lie, I have worked for nonprofits for free just because I wanted to help. And so I look at God and I say, thank you, Lord. Because he's given me a position that I would do for free. I legit go out and I help people. I call people. What can we do? How much you need for that program? You know, is there anything that we can do to help people over there? Affordable housing programs. You know, we have lenders. I connect resources to people that wouldn't have them necessarily. And you can't buy that feeling. You know, it's not a feeling in the world. I love what I do. I love connecting people. I love making sure that I'm opening the minds of people that probably wouldn't even have the thought process if it wasn't for the opportunity I could afford them. Now, I'm not a miracle maker by no means, but I am a connected dot. And my thing is, if I could do it the rest of my life, I think God has done well with me. 
And I mean that because I just love knowing that I'm being used. I feel like God is using me in this role. I don't work. I told you, I don't make any money on behalf of the bank. I don't do loan applications. I'm not a salesperson. All I do is literally connect the resources to organizations and people that may not even know that there are opportunities out there. You know, there are resources out there and it's just through mild conversation. You know, it's literally by just being by my, just being authentically me. And I wouldn't change that for nothing in the world, Rodolfo. That is great. I love your passion for what you do. No, I just think that's great. Now, what about on the flip side though? What type of challenges do you have or anything that keeps you up at night? I think people staying solid. I think people being people of their word. I'm one of them. Like you contact me, Rodolfo, and you say, hey, Erica, next Friday, I got this opportunity. I would love you to be a part of it. You think you can make it? And if I know I can make it, I'm there. You don't have to call me next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm there. I'm one of them type people. Um, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I say I can't, I say, let me see what I could do before I tell you no. I never tell you no without giving you a reason why, right? And I don't I don't BS people because I feel like I don't want to waste people's time because time is precious. Well, everybody doesn't have that mindset and everybody doesn't have that plate that they set on. So that can be very daunting sometimes because then you're, when people are not of their word, it's almost like calling somebody you thought was your friend and you don't get that return phone call. And you're like, well, what did I do? You know, <laughs> you, you get that feeling often sometimes because of, like I told you, people, you know, they're skeptical about dealing with a bank or they worked with a previous bank relationship, fell through the crack and they just like, oh, here you go. You know, and it's just like, well, I don't know what your experience was like with them, but give me a chance. And so, um, like I told you in the beginning, trust. And so sometimes trust takes a long time. It, it takes time. It takes patience. And sometimes I find myself, you know, waking up frustrated because I'm always revisiting that conversation. Like, what did I say? You know, or, or what didn't I say? Or, what did I have on that day? You know, you, you question yourself because it's just like, I was being me. You know, I was being me. And so I expect for you, if you say you're going to do something, are you going to give me the opportunity? I expect you to do that because I go back and I go and tell higher ups in the bank, hey, I got this opportunity. This is what I've been told we can do. You know, they've given us that time. These are the dates. And when I do my confirmations and I don't hear anything back from you, that could be damaging to the soul because I then take it personal. Mm. All right. Okay. Now, what about memorable moments? Can you talk about any memorable moments that stick out in your career to you? I can. Here lately, I've been able to get at this bank. Okay. For instance, this bank had a relationship with just a particular nonprofit here at this bank. Now I've brought in multiple relationships here with this bank. Relationships, I think that were probably not even tapped into. And I don't think that they didn't want to. I just think they didn't know how to. So anytime somebody from corporate office can acknowledge that, and even my immediate manager can acknowledge that because I came in and when I interviewed, I told them ultimately what I was going to do. And I gave them a 90 day plan and I showed them, I told them exactly what my 90 plan looks like and what I, what I plan to do in those 90 days. And I've been able to do that. I've been able to bring resources 
to new organizations, built in relationships. I've been able to bridge those over. You know, I've been able to come up with different programs and I've been able to increase the budget while I'm here. You know, I did it mildly and I did it slowly, but I'm doing things in a strategic matter, right? I, I can't come in and say, well, we need an extra $100,000 on that budget. But I have been able for them to revamp and relook at some things, right? And modify a couple of things. And just to know that my voice matters that's memorable for me. Yeah. That's memorable for me, for me, for people who've been born and raised in Houston to find out about a particular nonprofit they had no knowledge of, right? And it is not because they didn't want to know about the organization. It just was never, you know, brought up in a conversation. Are they wouldn't know to look into that organization, right? And the services that they provided. And that information may not been able be applied to them personally, but they've been able to say, hey, you remember that organization that helps with rental assistance or maybe helps with this and this and that? Oh my God, I shared that with my sister, girl. You know, those are the stories that you're like, oh, I'm so, you know, those are the, um, okay, I like what I do moments, right? Because those moments reassure me that I'm on the road to do what needs to be done. Yeah, no, definitely. So you're adding value, you're helping others, that all the work that you're putting in is making a difference. So that's great. That's good. Yeah. All right. Now, do you have any advice for anyone that's uh, getting into your field or or for anyone that might need help from you? The advice that I would give someone who was coming up in this position was be open, Mm. right? Be open. Never know it all. Be a forever student. Most of all, be you. Never waver. Stay solid. Hard work and dedication will take you a long way. Love it. Yeah. Great. All right. So, hey, Erica, we're at the end of this interview. Want to head over to this quick hitter session. We're going to ask you questions for fun. <laughs> but okay. be, before we do that, though, want to find out if there's anything additional that you would like to talk about or anything you might have felt like I might have left off asking you? Um, I just want to, if I can include, I would love to see people of color in this role. I would love people of color to look into banking. I would love people of color to look outside of, of what, how much I can make. You know, I I know that is vital to earn a living by all means. I know what it means. But if I could share with anybody, if you have a calling on your life, and when I say that, I mean, if you know that there's something in your life you always wanted to do and life has happened, right? You have a child, you get married, you get divorced, you moved out of state, but that calling on your life has always been the back of your mind. I say, listen to God. I say anything that has been put into you, whether it's been in vision or in thought and conversation, is there for a reason. Explore the opportunity. I am 45 years old. I didn't go back to school till I was 38, Rodolfo. So like I was telling you, I am one of those children who learned the hard way. I took a long route. And banking has, I don't, that conversation with that lady at that particular time in my life afforded me an opportunity. And it was just by her complimenting me. So I say that to say, be open. You know, my calling was helping people. I didn't know which lane. Sometimes we make plans and God has his own, right? And so I always tell people, just look into something different. Look into something different. 
For instance, like I was telling you, you know, earlier about me falling into this, I fell into this. It was opportunities, timing mm-hmm. and presentation. So I always say, just look into something different, you know, get into, get, explore a lane you probably never thought you would. And if nothing else, you know, create your own lane in this world. I believe that banking is overlooked and particularly business banking, community development. There are so many umbrellas in banking that are overlooked. And I think a lot of people look at the qualifications. Sometimes they say, well, I don't got no degree. I don't have the experience. Don't worry about that. Reach out, jump out and let God do his thing. I think that's the only thing that I would want to say. Man, that is great. Great, great advice. And I love the testimony. So that's awesome. I love it. All right. So let's, Jump over to the quick hitter session. Okay, perfect. First question, what's your favorite sports team? It would be the Lakers. I'm from LA. All right. Yeah. LA Lakers. Nice. Okay. Now what about favorite movie or show? Oh, you know what? I love ID channel. Oh, that may sound so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love an ID channel. Channel. I mean, anything has to do with like any homicide detective shows. Like, I love them all. Um, but I'm a doc person. Like, I love documentaries. So, like, my favorite one that I've really kind of been in rotation. I don't. I know it may sound weird, but like I've been watching this Bayou on on Sam Cooke and Miles Davis. Oh. I, I love history. I love biography. So I I am more of a doc person, but. My favorite show, I would tell you, <laughs> would probably be the first 48. Does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's weird. <laughs> no, it's not weird. It's not weird. What about drama shows? Like, do you like, have you, have you seen Mayor of Easttown? No. Oh, okay, that was good. Or the new Perry Mason? No, see, no. Yeah, you should check those out. I think you'll like those. as well (laughs) (laughs) all right favorite musical artist or group oh robert glasper Mm. i love him and the mint condition would be like my favorite group oh yeah 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 Yeah. but robert glasper is my favorite artist love anita baker i just i just love i love that soulful sound of music yeah yeah nice all right favorite vacation spot miami Mm. I love it's Miami. It's getting so expensive. <laughs> no, I do love it too, but yeah, getting so expensive yeah. there. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Favorite food or drink? Oh, my favorite food would have to be seafood. I'm a, I love seafood. Willie G's is one of my favorite restaurants. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not a drinker, so I am a Honor Palmer fanatic. Every time I go out, I, I get an Honor Palmer. Um. But yeah, I, I, my favorite food is seafood. I'm a, I'm I'm just a Kool Aid. I just I'm like a lemonade type of girl. I love lemonades. <laughs> I still order Shirley Temple. So nice. I don't drink any alcohol. I do not. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's that's good. <laughs> well, hey, Erica, this has been great. Love talking to you. I've learned a lot with this. I think it's just so great what you're doing to to, to help these communities. Just like I said before, the, how you're inspiring, you're supporting, you're guiding members of the community. And I think it's just much needed help that you're doing to bridge. You're basically the bridge between your firm and these communities. And so just love what you're doing, love your passion and keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. 
Oh my God, thank you for having me. Honestly, thank you for the platform. And just more importantly, thank you for giving people the opportunity to sit and discuss with you what they do. Because sometimes people, you know, we work so hard and I just think that's everybody. We work hard. But when people sometimes ask me what I do, I say, Google it, right? Because (laughs) (laughs) it can get very in-depth. And so you gave me the arena to really talk about me and what I do and, and and I appreciate that. I'm going to be forever grateful for this opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm, I'm glad to do it. Thank you so much. And for people that might have questions for you or might want to see how they can get involved or work with you, is there a way that they can contact you? Yes, they can contact me through my email address. I don't have any cell. I don't have, I'm not a social media person. So for what I do, you know, I'm not even on social media, but I can always be reached through my email. And that is... Erica, A-A-R-I-K-A dot Plunkett, P-L-U-N-K-E-T-T at I-B-T-X dot com. My emails are my everything. They are connected to my phone. My turn time is usually same day, if not next day for sure. But please reach out and email me. Or you could give me a call. I'm very open to phone calls. Is it okay for me to get my number out or not? Yep. Yeah, definitely. If you want, okay. that, that's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. My cell phone number is 323-304-0347. And if you're a nonprofit, if you are a principal, a teacher, a social worker at a low-performing school, low-to-moderate income census track, and you want us to come in and teach financial literacy to your students, whether it be in middle school, whether it be in high school, if there's any opportunities for me, please let me know. I'll come in. I will personally present. I have done them over and over again. There's not an audience that I will not get in front of to go and talk about financial education. I'm that person. I'm very avid. I'm very avid about literally learning habits that would enhance your life in order for you to be a little bit more financial savvy. So please reach out. So great. Thanks a lot, Erica. This has been great. Absolutely. Thank you, Rodolfo. (laughs) No problem. No problem at all. Have a good one. Absolutely. You too. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.